Welcome in to the Walk-Ons, part of the Caveman Podcast Network. Here with your hosts, Eric Comfort, C.J. Wagner, and Remington Jarrett. We have a special episode of the Walk-Ons for you today. It is our Primitive Ponderings episode, where we talk about what is affecting us in the world today, what's going on in our lives, and... I think you know that includes the coronavirus. Um, how are you guys doing today, CJ and Rem? Pretty good. Uh, this uh, coronavirus is changing our world. I'm doing that, great that on my end. Uh, by the way, I don't. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you might not be able to see Remington is rocking the tuxedo T-shirt. Hey, I, I have to be in celebration of all the the goodies and sweets that I have hoarded from everybody else. Just, you know, all the cookies are mine. It says yep. quarantine party shirt. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Come over to Casa de la Rim, right? There you go. He's ready to chill, but dress the party. Hey, always just like the mullet I'm rocking. Uh... <laughs> okay. Well, my name is Eric. I'm going to be your host. And to start every episode, we have a fan favorite, or at least I hope so. Eric's dad joke of the day. <laughs> okay. Are you guys ready? No. I don't know. I don't know, Captain. Hit me yeah, with just, it. J- just imagine the drum roll. <laughs> Why can't Jimmy Garoppolo eat cereal? Because he lost <laughs> the bowl. <laughs> that that might have been the worst one yet. Uh, good, good. That was excellent. Well, the excellent. whole thing where, where it's this is a primitive episode, right? So I went with a primitive, <laughs> barely funny dad joke. Slightly. Okay. Uh, so before we start our primitive ponderings and, and talk about what's going on in the sports world today, we also have a fan favorite. Pointless trivia. Last episode, CJ went down as Remington took him out with a Major three to kneel. I won't say it. I won't say it's a beatdown, but um, a major upset. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a little embarrassing for CJ. I have to. He didn't get a single question right, and he handed. But a he handed it. Yeah, I did <laughs> hand one over. So still, really, platter, really, that point should go to me. But what? Even still, know. it'd be two to one. So congratulations, Remington, on your victory. You are in the captain's chair, and I am now your challenger. Ooh. CJ is going to play Alex Trebek. Today, he's got his own special trivia question um, set up. It's going to play into the, let's just say, less structured style of this episode. CJ, you want to take it away? Yep. Uh, This episode of the Pointless Trivia is going to be the name game. So I'm going to give you a nickname of a player and a little, little description just to help you out a little bit. And you've got to tell me what player it is. All right, Rem, uh, since you are in the captain's chair, would you like to go first or would you like to defer to the second half? Uh, I'll receive in the second half. Okay, Eric, pick okay. a number between one through ten. Let's go with seven. Number seven. Oh, one of the easiest ones. Oh, of course. Lucky number. Lucky number. All right. Remember, if you miss a question, the other person has a chance to steal for one point. 
If you get it right on your turn, it is worth two points. Okay. Rim, you're not going to have a chance to steal this one. It's pretty easy. All right. Oh, dear. I'm not even going to give it a, a helpful description. The nickname is The Hick from French Lick. Oh, can I get a description? You need a description on this one? <laughs> is this out of the it is not Brett Favre. Go ahead, All right. Brett. Since you didn't get a description, I will give you one. And if you still miss it, Rim will have his chance to steal. Okay. Okay. All right. This guy is known for his sweet shooting stroke. Okay. So this is, I thought we were doing NFL. Got it. Okay. It's all sports. Uh, all sports. Okay. Known for his sweet shooting stroke. Larry Bird. Yes, sir. Two points for Eric. All right, Rim. Uh, you've got one one. through ten, excluding number seven. Let's do number four. Number four. Mm. Uh Uh-oh. Hope hope you're a baseball fan. Oh, dear. (laughs) This is not going to go well. I Um, like this game already. Yes, sir. Nick, the nickname is the Millville Meteor. Uh, this player is widely considered the greatest player of this generation. Of this generation? Would it be Mike Trout? That, that is correct. Two points for him. <laughs> wow. Nice. Wasn't the nickname? It was the hint. He was like, "All right, who's the best player?" One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." I was like, "It fits." All right, Eric, go ahead. Pick a number. Number one. Number one. This one is on one of the harder ones. <laughs> My luck is running out. So, so to clarify, are we doing if you do your guess without the hint? And then you get the hint, it becomes a one pointer, or is it still a two? It's still Maybe. a two. It's not okay. I'll, from, I'll, from I'll here on hint. out. From here on out, I'll go ahead and give the hint anyway. Okay. Um, it. Not like you get two gases. <laughs> this nickname is Crib Midget. Uh, this was <laughs> <laughs> the uh, companion player. To Dwight Howard when he played in Orlando. Jameer Nelson. Correct. Okay. I would have gotten that one too. Nice guess, Eric. I like your style. I got to keep the pressure on you, Rem. That's it, man. You got to keep it going, man. Win the captain's seat. All right. So you did one. So let's just keep it going. We'll go with three. So I'll I'll meet you heading towards the middle, Eric. Number three. Right. Yeah. Another difficult one. one. Oh, this man. nickname is for a former Duke player. One of the lesser known Duke players. The nickname is oh, Bad Porn. Bad Porn. You know this one, don't you, Eric? He does. Okay. Ah, uh, Bad Porn. Hmm. Before you take a guess, I will tell you 
that this player played for the Warriors because this one is a hard one. Oh, I know it. Played for the Warriors. I'm, I'm blanking on this one, man. I'm going to have to go ahead and pass this one over to Eric for a one-pointer. Who is Mike Dunleavy? That is incorrect. What? Oof. Okay, I thought I had it. Who is it? Corey Maggette. He oh, was not he play for the Warriors. Okay. He was given the nickname because, much like in bad porn, it's painful to watch, but there is still some scoring. <laughs> I like it. Slide you another one in there. Okay. Power to the kisser. All right. And that Eric, was Eric, bad joke of the day. <laughs> Eric is up four to two. Uh, and he's got the pick of the number. Let's do nine. Number nine. With a commanding lead. Another easy one. This NBA center, who, much like our uh, friend who is a new father, is bald. He is nicknamed the Polish Gazelle. Is it a current NBA player? Mm, I believe he's still playing. He has played quite recently. Polish gazelle. Okay, I'm going to go with... um, Oh, Jesus. I'm forgetting his name now. I'm blanking. Um, Five. Okay. Uh, Four. Three. um, Two. I I don't know it. One. All right. Rim. Oh, dude. Uh, dude, This is going to have to pass on me. And I was like, I am blessed the name. Like, I, I won't even waste the time. Who are we looking at? It would be Mr. Marcin Gortat. Gortat. Oh. Gortat. Yeah, that was. Okay. You thought, did you say that was that, an easy one? That was a tough one. I, I didn't I didn't say that was easy. He did. All right. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> Rim, you're down. You're on fire. <laughs> you're down two to four. Martin Gortat. Gortat. Right. <laughs> Let's go with eight. Eight. This is honestly the easiest one on the list. Don't trust him. All right, let's see. No, no description <laughs> needed. The nickname is Half Man, Half Amazing. Oh, dude, we're gonna need a description. Half Man, Half Amazing. He is a former. He revolutionized the slam dunk contest. Revolutionize the slam dunk contest. You know this one, don't you, Eric? I have a good guess. I have a good guess. Okay. Um, let's Think see. about some of the best dunkers. In NBA. That's what I was trying to go through. Just giving them all kinds of hints. I don't think it's him. Well, I think this guy has a different nickname, but I'm just going to go with trying to think if I should go way old school or if I should go for one of the newer guys. Nah, not new, but so so let me ask one question. Is he still no, in the no, NBA? No, you already gave him enough hints. No, I'm I... not. I can't answer that okay, question. Okay, okay. All right, so um, I'm not going to go as far back as I'm thinking. I'm going to say Vince Carter. That is correct. Oh, I mean, <laughs> darn. 
<laughs> I mean, as as a you should be ashamed that it took you that long being a Tar Heel fan. It is. I, I am deeply that. disappointed. Half man, half amazing. So I can honestly say I've never heard that for him. So what's your tiebreaker? All right. The tiebreaker. The tiebreaker. <laughs> we have talked about... I threw this nickname out in one of our previous episodes. Well, is this like both have... Who, who's, is it my question? Who's, whose question is it? Um... Your turn, man. It, it is your turn. Your turn for the W. We keep going w. until somebody gets a lead, right? Oh, okay. Is that it's your it's your game, so right. All right, sudden death. Okay. Um, and we'll go for number ten. The nickname okay. is Big Honey. Where's my hat? He is <laughs> he is an all-star center in the Western Conference. Nikola Jokic. That is correct. Oof. All right. I'll, I'll take that one. That was well fought, Eric. Well fought. So Ram takes the L. That was a even, yeah, but it, it was I like the, the category. Um yeah. it's good. It was good. Know. Some I told other you last week that it was the first of 999. So, uh, oh no, you're going down next episode. My rain so. has started. <laughs> this is so the first of some the last. other some other uh, nicknames we had was Kung Fu Panda. Anybody know who that is? Kung Fu Panda. Uh, I would say maybe Zach Randolph. Nope, that's Pablo Sandoval. Okay. Let's go yeah. on to the baseball side. Uh, the Muscle Hamster. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we know that. Doug, was Doug Martin. Doug Martin and the Worm. Worm. That's a basketball player, correct? Yes, sir. I know I've heard the name. I don't know who it is. Uh, current player? No. He's famous for wearing a wedding dress. Oh, okay. That's yeah, right, man. Okay, yeah. Yep, there you go. All right, let's move on. Okay, um, again, long live King Eric. <laughs> May his reign end at the next episode. So uh, we're going to head on to what is affecting not just us as sports fans or the sports universe, what's affecting the, it's what's affecting the entire world. I'm, I don't know about you, you guys. I am currently on paid leave, not because I did something wrong or I got suspended because my store shut down so they don't even make the store manager work doesn't matter i'm at home on paid leave so this is pretty nice i know uh remington you're the managing partner of uh, a restaurant and uh, you guys are doing to go only so you're still working but it's not full-fledged you know dining and just uh keeping it pulled back you know just taking care of uh people man you know the nice thing about being in the service industry there is you know you're able to still you know even in times like this you know you do have a little bit of risk involved but you uh you're still taking care of the community man and you know that's that's a big part of it which is pretty cool so enjoy it but you know obviously i don't like being around the uh you know the the cough and hack and germs and all that but you know it is what it is man i think i think it's important that these restaurants and companies are still they're not able to run a full operation, but they're still having a little bit of uh, 
product moving. So you, you still have a little bit of, of the normalcy. It's a huge adjustment that we're having to make. Nobody's getting used to it. Uh, you've got people getting quarantined. You've got businesses completely shutting down. You've got restaurants going to, to go operations only. I mean, then not to mention, I mean, the, the reason the three of us are here, the sports, um, every single league has shut down. I mean, NBA yeah. stopped a game right before it was supposed to tip off with the Jazz and the Thunder, and it's this this pandemic that we're experiencing with uh, the coronavirus is unprecedented. It is unbelievable the effect that it is having on the world. Yeah, and I hope you guys bought some toilet paper. Uh, I think we've got about five. Five uh, big old things of toilet paper. Yeah, but I'd like we've, to invest in some Charmin stock right now. We've we've got six yeah. people in my house, so really? we need every bit of it. <laughs> We're not just hoarding it. Um, we'll I'm fully prepared to, you know. Um, and you know, I think for us in particular, of course, the world economy is is almost crippled right now. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as you said, movement of product like commerce is almost non-existent at this point and probably will be for the foreseeable future. From a sports perspective, the shutting down of a league, the only thing I can even possibly compare to this. So you have, you have lockouts or, um, you know, a CBA right. negotiation. Players don't agree. They might go out, go and do a lockout for mm-hmm. usually it's about half the season or so that's happened before, but there's only once in a, any league history a season has been canceled before it ended, not started late. In 1994, the major leagues shut down because the players went on strike, not before the season, but after the season. And so there was no World Series champion. That, that league or that, that year ceased to exist, essentially, in the record books, um, not to mention, you know, a lot of the home runs that were probably hit during that season were linked to steroids. <laughs> yeah. But even then, we st- there were still other things that people could turn to. It was before I really was paying attention to sports. I was three years old at the time. Um, so it didn't, it didn't affect me. It only affected baseball fans, really. Now there's nothing we can turn to. You know, we don't. Like, the NCAA tournament is canceled. We have no national champion this year. We have all these questions. Now, will the NBA be able to come back? But just think about how we're going to look back on this and, and, and almost disbelief. I, I think 20 years from now, I'll look back on this time and I still won't be able to believe that essentially the world shut down for X amount of time, hopefully only a couple weeks, most likely a couple months. Um, yeah. So let's, let's talk about maybe the NBA specifically. Um, so the season's canceled. Initially, after 30 days, the league told us they would, Reevaluate the situation. The situation. Now we're getting reports that the earliest they expect the season to start is in mid to late June. So now, if the season starts in mid to late June, and say they do little to no regular season and go straight into the playoffs, you finish. You're finishing in August. Right. But what about everybody's contract? So, Anthony Davis, his contract expires at the end of June. When the, when the Lakers will be in the first round of the playoffs. So how do you handle that? 
you know, do you do you extend the contract dates? Do you extend free agency? Extend the draft? And now you're having the draft during football season. Uh, so, what do you guys think? How does how do we even approach the log- logistics of finishing this season? Well, as far I mean, as the contracts go, I think I think considering the circumstances that the the shutdown is is over, it's not to blame for on the owners or the players. So I, I expect that both sides will be able to agree to if they chose to resume the season with just the playoffs left, I, I think both sides would be able to say, Hey, let's just run the contracts through there and, and count but, that. Okay. What about the draft? Do you push that? Back? You're, you're only, it's, well, I mean, you're only, you're only scratching the surface there, man, because when you talk about contract negotiations, I mean, you're not talking about just the players, man, but you're talking coaches, team staff, medical training personnel, like front office execs, like, all of those contracts, man, have like date specific, you know, language in them. So, you know, when it comes down to it, you're having to re- renegotiate all of those. And those people are not part of a union. So, I mean, you want to talk about like renegotiating those contracts is a nightmare. Are you talking so, I mean, about because you're doing it with players? like more individually. No, no, no. Talking about, you know, like, like the staff for every team, you know. So, I mean, you know, not only are you dealing with just the player portion of it, which is, you know, obviously the huge part, but you're talking about the operational side of every single one of these teams, right? So, I think everybody would be accepting of letting their contract run through wherever they choose to resume and end the current season if they are even able to. But in terms of the draft, um, I could see a system where they kind of go through the draft at, in the same time frame that they normally do and just lock in the the standings and go use that as a draft order instead of, you know, letting the playoffs run through and letting the winner pick last and whatnot. I think you, you go with team with the best uh, record, picks 30th, and work your way down, still do the lottery system, so... Um, I think there's the only the only thing about it is uh, with the restrictions on travel and and meeting in groups of ten or more, you're not really going to have many prospect visits and scouting trips, and so I could see that pushing pushing the time frame back on the draft. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, this is such a you can watch film and you can get an idea of. What are, what skills a player has, but what a player has between the ears, their understanding mm-hmm. of the game, even just their their personality. Are they a Dion Waiters who's going to almost play himself out of the league despite having considerable talent, or is this you know when you talk to this person, do you realize this is a LeBron James, they're a savant of the game? Um, yeah, I, I, I that's a good point, and it's really probably up in the air. I personally think you have to push it back until after the season, and I think you have to push back next season. But at that point, you literally every season going forward, you're going to have to redraw the, the, the whole calendar of sports if you do that. Um, the, your best bet is probably, and it's not going to be the popular opinion, just count, chalk this one up as a loss. Uh, let, the, let the contracts... If this was a final year on somebody's deal, let it in, renegotiate, start fresh next year, let everybody have a little extra time to 
to rest up. I mean, obviously the Olympics aren't going to happen this year. So those players that were going to participate on the Olympic team don't have to worry about the extra, extra wear and tear on their bodies. Just take that extra time to rest, get ready for next season. And I, I would hope that by, by the start of training camp for the NBA, uh, all this will have cleared up or at least ease some of the some of the restrictions. But if you wait until August to end the season with the championship and the next season has to start in October, that's not enough time. If you push next season back and cut it, um, would you cut it short? I think that's an option. So I think the issue with not have, finishing out this season is you're, there's going to be this huge debate and, and even uproar about, you know, you lost. Did you steal a championship from LeBron or did you steal Giannis's chance to clinch the throne or did you, you know, or even get, you know, steal Kawhi's chance to submit his place as the best in the league? Um, I just think from the record book, from a record book standpoint, but also from a monetary standpoint, there's we're talking about potentially billions of dollars through a playoff run that the league or in everything tied to the league. That's that's an industry that our economy needs. If we're we, if we come out of this quarantine, we need everything possible to stimulate the economy to make sure that this short term yeah. recession doesn't turn into 2008 or 2001. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when so, but what, what I was going to say, so that was my point for why I think we should keep it. But I think you have two options as far as next season. You could simply cut it short. That's something that there is a precedent precedent for. And then you can resume the regular schedule. You simply have a 60-game season. Now, another thing you can talk about, there's been rumors of moving the NBA schedule before the coronavirus really even took off. And having it start sometime around Christmas and extend until like July or August so it doesn't compete at all with football because football reigns supreme in this country. Basketball yeah. is, is – it's solidified itself as number two and then followed by declining baseball, at, at least from a, a rating standpoint. So now you move it later. You don't have to compete with the NFL other than the very beginning of the season and you're and talking about – a couple of playoff games and you only compete with regular season baseball. Now playoff baseball obviously gets pretty good ratings. Regular season doesn't. So now you own basically the market from February until August and then NFL takes back over. So, and there were, there were already discussions. So do they use this as an excuse to shift the NBA schedule? It fits with the logistics for dealing with this situation, but it also could give give NBA higher ratings because the ratings are falling this year. They were now you don't compete yeah. with the NFL. I think it's uh yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you on that one, Eric. And I, I definitely, I feel like this could be the, uh, you know, the inadvertent first dime falling, you know, like, you know, basically, um, you know, people are going to be stir crazy, man, after this shit's over with, pardon me, excuse me, you know, people are going to be, you know, stir crazy after this. They're going to be wanting to go out. They're going to be wanting to buy tickets to those games to go see their team and, be around people and i mean you know that that's money that they're going to need by that point because i mean at this point people weren't ready there was nothing in place so emergency funds anything like that's going to be dipped into the bank account's going to be drawn out of like i mean there's going to be money that needs to be replaced and people that need to be paid 
So, I mean, they're going to have to create that cash flow. And, you know, in that you're able to plan for next year and plan for that shortened season and, and set those, you know, grounds up. So, I mean, but I guess, so do you think they finish off the regular season as is just play late in the playoffs and go ahead and set it up? I don't think they're going to actually play out the regular season. I think they're either they might do a two or three game season, almost like a very brief training camp camp to get everybody like a, into playoff warm shape. Up. Yeah, but they're definitely not playing. There's like what somewhere between, depending on how many games they've played, seventeen or eighteen games left. That would take forever. Then you're talking about the season extending almost into October. Mm-hmm. So I think you can at mo- you either they either will not play the regular season at all and just jump into the playoffs or at most they'll do a very very abbreviated version of the regular season more to get everybody in shape than to establish standings is that what you think cj or maybe maybe they shorten the playoffs instead of a full seven game series or five game series in the early rounds you go three games and then five instead of the set and then maybe just seven for the for the finals. That's a good idea. I know um, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie put out a tweet saying his idea was to do it like March Madness style. I don't know if I agree with that because you don't usually, you usually don't get the best team to win. Yeah. But I you don't see, need seven, seven games in the first series. I think, I think we saw the same thing. He was talking about the entire league doing a March Madness style tournament. Which which would be awesome. I would I would be it, totally one hundred percent down for that, because you're gonna have the the lower teams that aren't playing that great. You're gonna have them playing hard, just like they're gonna be Cinderella teams, a sixteen seed trying to trying to upset the one seed. And you know what? I'd I'd watch that. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have like as a Lakers fan for me. But you know, if somebody's a Bucks fan or a Clippers fan. There, those fans wouldn't like it because those are the contenders, and in any kind of regular playoff format, they're the heavy favorites. And you know, I would say there's a ninety to ninety-five percent chance one of those three teams wins it. In a NCAA style, like just mayhem, you know, all bets are off. Anybody, I mean, the Charlotte Hornets could win a championship. I made a joke about the other day about. Um, a Charlotte Hornets fan winning the championship and turning his PS4 off. But it could actually happen with a March Madness-style tournament. But, I mean, with considering the times, uh, all bets are off tournament is not unreasonable. And Can you imagine the viewership you'd get on that? Exactly. <laughs> and I you, mean, would also, you would get college fans and pro fans because yeah, you have all the college fans we got, that are we got robbed of the NCAA tournament, and so the next best thing would to be for the NBA. Let the pros that, do it. Yeah, let them do it. I mean, if if they're the best teams in the league, like L, both the LA teams and the Bucks, then just show it. This there's no hey, better go way. Ahead and form fit. Go ahead and form fit yourself to the world. You know, it's nothing but mayhem right now. So let's just join in. You know, add a little bit of chaos to it. Call it May Mayhem. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I like instead it. Of, instead of March Madness, there we go. And it, so you're going to start a new tradition. Um, you know, I, I think from a rating standpoint, you're right. And I mean, it, it would if it weren't for the fact that I'm a Lakers fan 
I would kind of like that idea just for this season. Well, you're scared of the, the Cinderella beating the Lakers. You, you're darn right I am. Well, that's what it, makes it exciting. Not oh. for a Lakers fan. <laughs> <laughs> I like foregone conclusions. Um, but, so since we were kind of talking about an NCAA tournament-style NBA playoff, what are you guys' thoughts on the fact that not only the, is the NCAA tournament, it's not just postponed like the NBA, it's canceled. Oh, there yeah. will be no national champion this year. Well, we I didn't even get to finish most of the conference tournaments. Yep, so we don't no, even have conference they, champions. They crowned Florida State in the ACC. They didn't play an, NC, or, you know, an ACC tournament game, period. Right. They didn't play a single they won, one. They won the regular season championship. So, yep. so I think the bigger question, like, again, we're all, we're all bummed out about not having March Madness. We, look, we, we grew up in a little town called Hillsboro which is kind of in between Durham and Chapel Hill. That's where Duke and UNC is. We, we literally grew up on Tobacco Road. So the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. March Madness, college basketball, college basketball rules in Central North Carolina. We, we literally had a TV in every classroom during the ACC tournament to watch these games. I mean, yes, Duke, Carolina, so you know State, and Wake Forest, if you grew up here, you're, you're a fan of one of those four teams. So it's, it's a huge deal. And I was heartbroken when they, I mean, Carolina wasn't going to make the NCAA tournament this year anyway. We'll never know. But but we did because (laughs) we lost to Syracuse in the ACC tournament. See, if they would have canceled it before we, we could have said, you know, technically technically, we could have won the the ACC championship. Right. Well, I mean, technically, since there's no tournament this year, we still didn't miss the tournament. So <laughs> we'll take it. Um, so, you know, again, we are we are heartbroken, and I made the point about us growing up on Tobacco Road to say that college basketball impacts our lives more than anybody, or as much at least as anybody else in the country. And we are diehard Carolina fans. We have friends that are diehard Duke fans. I have a lot. Of, my mom went to state. My cousins went to state. A lot of my family went to state. So you have, you know, just in our family, we have all sides. But how is this going to affect next year? How? So imagine you're a uh, one of these, um, you know, small schools that won your 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 conference tournament. You're a senior. You've never made made the tournament before, and your one chance to play in the in the NCAA tournament is canceled. It's, do they get I, an extra year of eligibility? How do you handle that? See, I know they're the NCAA they're talking about for the spring sports because they haven't started yet, just going ahead and straight up giving them an extra year of eligibility because obviously they didn't get to play. Um, I think it's a little bit harder with, with the winter sports, with basketball, because you you literally played the entire regular season. So you get an extra 30 games to your college career that I don't don't know how that would work. And then when it comes to the scholarship situation, you know, you plan when you're recruiting, you're planning on at least your seniors leaving. And then for the blue bloods of the of the sport, you know, you're going to have some high draft picks leave, too. So, 
if your seniors get an extra year and you've got recruits coming in at that position, somebody's going to lose some minutes. Um, like and possibly Carol. a scholarship. Right. Um, Unless they do something to fix it. Yeah. Um, I know with Carolina, Brandon Robinson would probably be the first player that we would talk about coming back as a senior. And that's going to – I don't know how that works. And and then even in spring sports with what uh, – I, I believe women's soccer is in the spring. Is that correct? And then yep. you have baseball and, and softball. one in the country. Right. So, I mean, it's – it's uh, it's hard to talk about because we've never experienced something like this, so we don't really know how to manage it. Now you got the people at the top of the NCAA that I'm sure they're they're working their butts off trying to figure this out, as corrupt as I believe those people are, but I think I think they'll get it worked out. I agree. Yeah. It's a little, little rough in the sense, man. I mean, it, it when it comes down to it, man. I think the biggest, the biggest thing is probably going to be financials. And I mean, I wonder if it's going to be an all enacting rule or if it's going to kind of just be like, hey, you need to uh, apply for this or you know, put, you need to submit a request to you know stay for that extra year because I mean, it's a lot of changes, man. And you know, when you get seniors, you know, who stay an extra year and then get beat out for a position by this new young recruit, lose a scholarship. And you with a bunch of transfers and not to mention, man, those seniors might already have jobs lined up and things like that. So do you forgo taking market? Exactly. And so then, I mean, can you imagine how many people leave for the NBA the next year? Like, think about that draft. Yeah, that'll be a stacked draft. Yeah. Like, imagine that, dude. You want to talk about the rooks coming out of that? It's going to be ridiculous. But I mean, well, you really only it would make for some fun time. You'd really only be adding the seniors because the the underclassmen would still leave. So most yeah. of your high draft picks, like I don't I don't know exactly, but uh, I think it's there's usually less than a handful of first round picks that are seniors. Uh, yeah, you know, like three or four, maybe five is you is the average roughly. Right. So you'd really only be adding those because, say, I'm a, a freshman. And I was going to go to the NBA. The coronavirus is not going to stop me. In fact, it's going to make me want to go faster. Yeah, maybe that would make sense. No, I, mean, I can see that. Now let's let's talk about this. <clears throat> if the NBA comes back at a later date, and with the playoffs, and they don't push the draft back, or, or they push the draft back to the end of whenever they choose to resume it. Uh, I would expect the NCAA basketball season to pick up normal time. Uh, would would you can if you were a top player? Would you consider coming back for another year of college basketball, considering that the draft is going to be delayed? If I was going to leave, I would still leave because I'm still going to sign a contract fairly soon after the draft and I'll be paid and that's the primary motivation for most NBA players which is understandable right you want you want to get paid you want to make money um, so I, I understand I think it, it depends on the individual if you're the type of person that was going to stay even though you could be a high draft pick 
you're probably going to stay anyways because winning in college basketball and legacy means more to you. And if you wanted to leave because you want to make money as quick as possible and you feel like your draft stock is as high as it's going to be, then you're going to leave anyways. I think yeah. it just yeah. – I don't think it changes the early decisions. Um, it's going to be the, the seniors that make the difference. Now, one thing, if they do that, this would be the – this upcoming season, if they allowed the seniors to return, you'd probably have the most talent you've had in college basketball in some time. Yeah, I would. That would be an exciting college basketball season because now every team has, you know, multiple upperclassmen that it could be five-year starters. Yep. You know, talk about some experience, man. That would be a crazy March Madness for next year. You're right. March Madness would be insane, but unfortunately, we will also have to wait till next year to experience that. Unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, now, absolutely. Unfortunately. We're going to transition a little bit, and we're going to talk about something else that's a current event, and that's NFL free agency. We don't have time to talk about every single free agency with a free agent move made by every single team, but we're going to talk about the highlights, and you're going to get our opinion of, one, why in the world? Some team would do this, whether this is a great signing. Um, but this is going to be CJ's segment. So, CJ, you want to take us away? Yep. And I think uh, I think everybody with the free agency was the biggest name in free agency, even though he's, what, 43 years old, was Tom Brady. Where was he going to go? We had heard rumblings that he he wasn't happy or wasn't wanted in New England anymore, so we were wondering where he would go. Some people thought the Colts. Uh, some people thought the Chargers uh, trying to get back to California. But he ended up signing with Tampa Bay. Throw into Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and uh, for $30 million a year. Well, he won't be throwing to Chris Godwin anymore. One of the trades that I, I, I would say I disagreed with the most is they traded Chris Godwin for Brandon Cooks, and I think there were some picks exchanged. Todd Gurley. Well. I and Todd, Todd Gurley, and they gave up – what did they give up? A, what pick do you know? I don't know if that trade was made official or not. Okay. So there at least has been rumors of a trade that would send Chris Godwin and either a relatively high pick or multiple picks. I believe it was their first round, rumored to be their first round pick. It was their first round pick. So you're giving up a first round pick in Chris Godwin, who is a young, talented receiver who has pretty much every tool in his toolbox. He broke out this past season. He could be just breaking out and just entering the prime of a perennial Pro Bowl and maybe even Hall of Fame career. And you trade him away for Brandon Cooks, who is a good but not great receiver, and Todd Gurley. Who I believe is on a negative value. He has negative trade value at this point. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And he's on he's on a downward slope in his career. But he's making so much money, and he's not. Or Todd Gurley was incredible, but he's making so much money at a position that is easily replaceable. Yeah. Why would you spend so much money on a running back when you could find one for a quarter of the cost, if or less, in the middle of the draft? Yeah, and and with Tom Brady throwing to to Godwin, and then you have Mike Evans on top of that, then you have OJ Howard on top of that. This might be 
overall his best receiving core that he's had in his career. I mean, he had the, what, three years with Randy Moss, but outside of him and Wes Welker, uh, I don't think there was any other receiving trio that was that it, that could even touch uh, Godwin and Howard and Evans. Yeah, I mean, and you've got so it's not Godwin. Well, let's let's say it's Cook now. So from a weapon standpoint, I, I like Godwin better than I like Cooks. But something tells me Tom Brady dictated that trade. He said he probably told him, "Look, I'll sign, but I, I want I want Brandon Cooks. I played with him. I feel comfortable with him." He gives him a deep threat at the very least. He's a very good receiver. He's just not a great receiver. And I then, don't think that I, that trade. I don't think it was it was made. You don't think it was official? No. Okay. It is, it is not official. Good for the Bucks then. Yeah, I don't see it. Uh, so you have Godwin, so. who's a deep threat, but he's also explosive. He's a good route runner. He's strong in a in a powerful after the catch runner, despite the fact that he's not overly big or phys- like physically imposing when you look at him. Right. You know, Mike Evans can play that. Honestly, he can play that Gronk role. He can be. You know, he can catch passes over the middle. He can have mismatches on the outside. Like, I think he can be your big play in a big body receiver that Gronk was for the Patriots. Yeah. And then you would throw in O.J. Howard. It's really, it's a great, the offensive weapons are incredible. Now he traded a decent offensive line and a great defense for a poor offensive line and a poor defense just to get weapons. So is that a smart move for Tom Brady? What do you think? Um, in the NFC South, uh, with the Panthers – Losing half, uh, probably about seventy-five percent of their defense. Uh, you got Breeze, who's aging. You got, I mean, the Saints. I still believe are the favorites in the division. But I think with this move, it puts Tampa Bay pushing uh, pushing New Orleans for for the division because I don't think uh, the Falcons have made enough moves to to get back on track and. The Panthers are probably a couple years away from from uh, competing again, unless uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who was another one of our uh, major signings, comes out and balls out. Then I think it'll be between Tampa Bay and New Orleans for the NFC South. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I agree I with just, that. But well, he won a championship, right? Isn't isn't that what this move is all about? Oh yeah. Uh, Super Bowl wise, I don't, I don't see it. Uh, they love defense, that shootout style ball, man. You know, just yeah, their defense is still a little sketchy. I mean, they re-signed Shaquille Barrett, but yeah, it's it's still a toss up on defense. Yeah. So we'll and see. And then another move uh, in the NFC South was Teddy Bridgewater going to Carolina for three years, sixty three million dollars, and. The Panthers subsequently told Cam Newton to kick rocks and uh, find a trade partner, and he was not very happy about that. But as a Panthers fan, I like this move. We've seen what Teddy could do when he's been on the field. He's He stepped in for, what, five games for Drew Brees and the Saints, and he didn't put up world-beating numbers, but he showed that he can lead in the lead offense. Cam wasn't the future in Carolina, so they had to bring in somebody. And of the 
free agent options at quarterback. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was the only one that I saw fit in that Panthers offense. Yeah, and I think it's going to be completely a completely different style. It's almost closer to Kyle Allen when Kyle Allen, Allen was at his peak and winning games or in that very early in the season, um, <laughs> right when he took over for Cam, <laughs> and that was it. So Teddy Bridgewater is not a strong-arm quarterback, and he does struggle throwing the ball down the field. I'm not saying it's not strong enough for him to be successful, but that's the complete opposite from Cam Newton, who had an absolute rocket and loved to gun it down the field. The difference is Teddy Bridgewater is more accurate. And he has oh, better yes. touch. And if you look at the weapons on Carolina, so they have Christian McCaffrey. If you have Christian McCaffrey on his te- on your team, you better be able to throw an accurate check down pass. Yeah. Ted check. Teddy Bridgewater can do that mm-hmm. better than Cam Newton. And they're top two receivers. While they do, they both have speed. Their best ability is to take a short to intermediate route, make somebody miss, and turn it into a big play. Especially Samuel. So can you? Can Teddy Bridgewater? Not only hit an open receiver on those short to intermediate routes, but put the ball in the perfect spot where they're ready to make a move. They don't have to reach behind them or, or you know, jump up to get a ball. You hit them in stride so they can make a, they can make somebody miss and make a big play. Definitely, way better than Cam. Can, yeah, is he better than Cam? Yeah. Check. So while and and no, he's not more athletic than Cam, but he does have a little bit of mobility. You know, he's not Tom Brady or Philip Rivers in the pocket. So he, while he has his shortcomings, I think he fits this roster. And he's slightly younger than Cam, about like three years, and plays a style where he doesn't, where he doesn't get beat up like Cam. So he can play for a lot longer because he's not taking hits. He's really a pocket passer that occasionally moves. So I think it's a great fit. It's, you know. And it's not – I would take Cam. Cam might be the better player overall, but on this roster – on a team that is a few years away from competing and has weapon after the catch weapons, he's the perfect fit. You know the best thing about his deal though? They signed him three years sixty three million dollars. That's a little over twenty million dollars a year. That's gonna be less than Tom Brady at forty three, less than Rivers at however old he is. Thirty eight going on thirty nine, yeah. And less than Drew Brees. So you're getting a much younger player for a couple million dollars less Per year, so I think the value of that deal is phenomenal. I mean, obviously he's not Hall of right now. He's not Hall of Fame worthy like Breeze and Brady and arguably Rivers. But at this point in the, their careers, that's a that's a great deal. And what do you think his starting record is as a start as the or his quarter his record as a starting quarterback? Um, twelve. Yeah, he so he's twenty two and twelve as a starter. I'll tell, his I mean, only full season starting, he made the Pro Bowl. Yep. It says, I mean, coming back from that gruesome injury that he had, he hasn't exactly had a fair shake per se, just because he went to the Jets, who are a trash organization. And then he backed up a Hall of Famer at Breeze, but when he had to step in to uh, cover for him when Breeze hurt his thumb, he showed out. So I I love this pickup. Yep. And then uh, 
Speaking of Breeze, he re-signed with uh, the Saints two years for $50 million, $25 million a year. Um, I, that's a no-brainer. Uh, if he's yeah, still real. willing to play, you you got to give him the money. He's shown that he's he hasn't lost a step. Um, his only setback was that thumb injury, and he came back from that and played good. And then... Phillip Rivers goes to the Colts for a, a year. Uh, he'll probably retire after this year anyway, but he gives them a good, solid bridge quarterback uh, to replace Jacoby Brissett, who, in my opinion, hasn't been that great. As a Colts fan, what do you think of the the Rivers tra- uh, signing? Honestly, I like it. Uh, as you said, Jacoby Brissett is not a starting quarterback. Phillip Rivers did not play well last year, but I like his track record. And I think if you put him behind a strong offensive line, he could play like a borderline pro bowler. This signing, if Phillip Rivers returns to form, makes the Colts a contender. And if he falls off, so be it. You have a high draft pick, you draft somebody next year. Yeah, um, it's but, a one-year deal, so you're not wait, You're not betting your whole future on him. It's, it's a risk-free move. I, I love it. Um, we talked about it in more detail on one of our previous episodes. Um, so I would say if you, you want to hear the three of us have a whole conversation about Philip Rivers, just check out our previous episodes. You won't be disappointed. What's next? All right. The next move is probably the one that we have laughed the hardest on the past couple of days, and that was DeAndre Hopkins getting traded from the Texans to the Cardinals for David Johnson Second round pick in this year's draft and a fourth round pick in next year's draft. What in the world? Do you know what were... this reminds me of? What? It's almost like whoever the owner is of the Texans, I don't know his name off the top of my head. It's almost like he's got a young child and that child got a hold of his phone and started sending messages. Yeah. And so it's almost it's like, you know, we play fantasy football, so Imagine my son gets my phone, and somehow you get a crazy fantasy football trade offer. You're like, there's no way. That doesn't make sense. And you accept it, of course, because, you know, it's a cutthroat league. But really, it was a child <laughs> that didn't know what they were doing that sent the trade. I think it was a... Uh, That's the only was, explanation. I think there was quite a bit of liquor involved in this <laughs> deal. Okay. <laughs> That's one of two explanations. <laughs> <laughs> because there's... And we'll cover this next deal a little bit more in a minute, but Stephon Diggs drew a first-round pick. Now, you could argue that David Johnson makes up the difference between the second round and first round, but in my opinion, that's not. David Johnson's on a downward slope, just like Gurley. Um, they were talking about having the, – the Cardinals, before they made this trade, were talking about having to attach a pick to J- David Johnson just to get rid of him. Right. And then they just traded but, him like he's an asset. And got probably the best receiver in the league out of that deal. So uh, you, you guys remember in The Hangover when they wake up in the hotel, right, and everything is just like torn to pieces. There's a tiger in the bathroom. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The Hangover, it's been 10 years. It's time. Uh, but no spoiler like, alert. I, the, whoever the owner is of the Texans, he woke up the next morning, you know, and he, he wakes up and his room is trashed and he's got all these, you know what I mean? It looks like The Hangover. And then he checks his phone and he's like, I did what? They lost Doug. He lost DeAndre Hopkins. 
I'm gone. It, he will not find them on the roof. Spoiler this, alert. Right? This, <laughs> he will no. find them in Arizona. Yeah. Yep. Catching catching TDs from uh, Kyler Murray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna go we're, with that. We're, we're not considered. I, I could give two dog turds about the fourth round pick. I give him my an elite player. Right. Oh, I agree. A top five receiver. I mean, I I think it was dumb on their part, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's the rest of you know Hopkins' contract was paying him like a top fifteen receiver, and there's no doubt that he's a top five. You know, and I I just think that. I think there was just a lot of unhappiness there, man. I think he was like, look, I'm ready to go if you guys don't want to pay me. And they were like, we're not going to pay you. And There he's... were rumblings that, that he wanted to go to a team closer to home because he's got some – he wants to be close to his family. Um, and he's from Greenville, South Carolina, so the natural fit would either be the Panthers or the Falcons. And Texans did him dirty and sent him – the opposite they, direction. Yeah, they, they sent him west. <laughs> so oh, yeah, you want to be closer to home. <laughs> you better hope, like hell, if you're the Texans, that you don't see him for the rest of his career. Because the next time he plays in Houston, he's gonna murder somebody. He's gonna pull murder. a Julio Jones and pull 300 yards again, like Julio did against the Panthers. It's gonna be embarrassing. And who are they gonna throw to now? Their number one receiver is nothing more than a track star in football pads who can't stay healthy. I don't, I don't understand. Will Fuller, it. By the way, but it's just yeah, oh yeah. And in theory, they're gonna they're gonna contend next year. It's one thing if you're a rebuilding team. Okay, get them out of that situation. I get it. I guess not really, but it makes a little bit of sense. Can you imagine how Deshaun Watson is feeling right now? Oh my God. Maybe that's his thing. He's, <laughs> he wakes uh, up and you guys did what? <laughs> what? He he might be he's the like next somebody's player demanding a, a trade. Yeah. You know he's looking at the calendar, being like, "It's not April." Somebody tell me they're fooling me. <laughs> All right. Um, the next move we got is Stephon Diggs to the Bills for the number twenty-two pick, and fifth round and a sixth rounder in this year's draft and then a fourth rounder in next year's draft so you go probably the top receiver in the draft getting nothing in return to stefan diggs who who is a top he's one of the better receivers in the league but he's nowhere near hopkins production level and he's drawing a first a fifth and sixth and a fourth and you got to look at this like <laughs> comparing these two deals. The Cardinals, did they put a gun to the Texans' head or something? I'm telling you, they roofied them. Really, though? I mean, you know Who's what? Back, <laughs> there might be a riot in yeah. in Houston. There's something in the water, man. There's no doubt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do, you think, do you think they gave up too much to get Stephon Diggs? Yes, personally. That's a lot. That's a lot to give up. Yeah, no. I mean. They, I mean, I know they got a seven you know, they, with With their free agency signings, <laughs> uh, sh- uh, on, in the free agency, they've been getting a lot of defensive players. I think I think it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good trade. 
I mean, you're really only giving up one top pick and then some mid-round picks, which, I mean, you can make up for those by moving other players. But, you know, yeah, I'd say it was a good good trade for the Bills. They didn't give up too much. If they had included another first or a second, then you'd be pushing it. But I still think it's a good value. I think it works out for both sides. I think I think the Vikings got a good return. Yeah, Way better the Vikings, than the Texans. I don't think the Vikings would have done it unless they got, you know, almost like that Godfather offer, an offer you can't refuse. I yeah. mean, they were like, here, yeah, give us four real. picks. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, but and one of those that, being a first-round pick, that's I'd, I'd take it. Yeah, but that first-round pick, that's kind of become the standard for a, t- a high-end wide receiver. When you look at Amari Cooper and Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, these, maybe not even DeAndre Hopkins level, but these elite receivers, they do command first-round picks unless you're the Texans and then you're an idiot. The, the first-round pick doesn't surprise me. Four picks overall is a little high, but if the – so the Bills made the playoffs. If the Bills contend for a title next year, maybe they make at least the AFC Championship game. And this worth was it. the difference. It's worth it. Yeah. So, oh, 100%. It, and deals like this, time will tell. Deals like the 100%. Texans deal. Like, I don't care if DeAndre Hopkins tears his ACL next year. I still think the Cardinals won that trade because they got rid of David Johnson. And they're yep. not paying him Absolutely. like 11, 12, 13 million a year. All right. Now, here's another trade that kind of, in my opinion, was probably an even bigger steal. Well, I wouldn't. No, it's not a bigger steal. It, it's the second best steal of this uh, offseason so far. And that was the Broncos acquiring Jarrell Casey from the Titans for only a seventh-round pick. This is straight a salary dump. It's got to be. I mean, he he made five Pro Bowls in a row. And even in the salary dump, you've got to ask for at least a third or fourth rounder. At least. He's one of the top, top defensive linemen in the league. I mean, he's going into his 10th year, but he's He's still producing. Right. I don't understand where a lot of these moves, this offseason, I I guess some of these in in their quarantine state that they might be drinking a little too much when making these phone calls, but these GMs and front office executives are trash this year. Yeah, and then some of the sober ones are just fleecing people. Uh, if you're if you're not drinking in the NFL offseason, you're you're getting a hell of a deal. It's it's literally like Oprah, like we talked about earlier. <laughs> Oprah's so, somebody's out, got some dirt. Yeah. Oprah's <laughs> throwing out some gifts. That's it. Just, I used, just, I, just, gifts, I felt like this is like when I was a kid and I'd play my dad in chess, and so I could beat everybody at school. So I thought I was hot stuff, but then you know I actually played an adult with a developed brain and mm-hmm. I just got waxed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like you got a, adults that are just taking advantage of kids. I mean, and essentially the, the NFL is turning into the Catholic church. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, we want to, they're, they're, I don't think there's any need to explain why that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's, one more, one that. more trade to talk about. Um, the Panthers traded Trey Turner to the Chargers for Russell Okung, and this trade 
absolutely blows my mind also because you're trading a 26-year-old uh, five-time pro bowler for a, what, 31-year-old, soon-to-be 32-year-old two-time pro bowler who's injury-riddled. It, that makes no sense whatsoever. There's no way the Panthers could possibly think that this was a winning move. It's another another example of one team absolutely robbing the other. Well, they it's I think it's kind of a salary dump. They said, but it's not a big one because they only save three million dollars next year. Now Turner had a longer contract, so maybe they didn't want to pay him, but he's in his prime, so he's worth it. Right. Um, so next year it saves them three million dollars. But it's like you give away a five-time Pro Bowler. Like if if he continues at this level of play, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, a yeah. low-level one, but a Hall of Famer nonetheless. And you gave him away to save three million dollars. Yeah, I, I don't understand some of these moves, like Robert Quinn drawing seventy million dollars on a five-year deal. I get uh, that. Yeah, I mean, I because he's a proven productive pass rusher. Productive, improving, but not. I don't think seventy million dollars. Well, over five. Well, remember what we said about NFL contracts. I don't look at. I, I can almost guarantee. I haven't looked specifically at the structure, but I imagine probably really the first two years are guaranteed. So if you get, well, a 30, I don't. I don't think that they guarantee in. years so much as they guarantee just a chunk, large chunk of change. What did they guarantee? Um, yeah. Does anybody know? Um, a few other top moves. The Colts traded the 13th overall pick for DeForest Buckner, which you were not a fan of. No, no, I was not a big fan of this move at all. My issue is not with Buckner as a player. I think Buckner is a high-level defensive tackle. Um, he can provide interior pass rush. He can stop the run. He is not quite on the same transcendent level as an Aaron Donald. But he does improve their team. What I don't like about it is the fact that you're giving up a first-round pick that's the 13th overall selection. That's a, that's a chance for you to draft a comparable-level player, someone like Ken Law from uh, South Carolina, who at a fraction of the price can give you that same level of production. So not only do you give up a first-round pick, but you also pay him $21 million a year. The only defensive tackle in the league that's making more money is Aaron Donald. He is making quarterback money. He's making what Teddy Bridgewater is making. He's making right. more than Cam Newton is scheduled to make. You don't pay a non – I'll put it this way. You don't pay a defensive tackle that kind of money unless he is a first ballot Hall of Famer, and Buckner is not on that level. So I wouldn't pay him that much if we signed him as a free agent, but we gave up – a high first round pick because of that. So no, I don't. I don't like the move at all. Um, he, it might. Yes, technically, it might make our team better. But we're gonna. The, the, what I loved about this offseason is we had all this cap room. Now you sign him for this long to this long contract, you lose that flexibility that we once had. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you're right. Um, a few other signings. Um, Marcus Mariota went to the Raiders. Uh, the Bears traded for Nick Foles. They sent a fourth-round pick to Jacksonville. Um, there'll probably be a little bit of a quarterback competition between Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Uh, the Falcons signed Dante Fowler to replace Vic Beasley, who went to the Titans. Uh, one of the top defensive tackles, Mike Pierce, goes to the Vikings. Chris Harris 
signs with the Chargers for two years, $20 million, and Desmond Trufant goes to the Lions, who will more than likely explore a trade for with Darius Slay. I think that just about wraps it up this week. What do y'all guys think? Yeah, I think it's been an eventful last couple of days. I'm so thankful for free agency because I was going crazy. I needed some sports sporting news. But I think there's going to be a lot more to come, and I, I'm interested to see how some of these moves, some of them smart, some of them that we think are idiotic. I, I want to see how they work out. What about you? Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat myself, man. You know, I was uh, starving for a little action there. So, you know, some of the, the moves, you know, while comedic, you know, it's been it's been fun to watch and speculate on. But um, I'm interested to see this new landscape that, you know, is being created in the NFL, man. There's, there's a lot of moves going on. You're going to see a lot of people in unfamiliar jerseys. And uh, it'll be it'll be really cool to see how, you know, these interactions, you know, go down and to see, uh, you know, how, how it plays out, man. I'm, I'm very interested to see what um, Diggs can do with Josh Allen, you know, what. Amari can put up a good season, you know, being re-signed. And honestly, I mean, I'm not a Brady fan, but I mean, you know, he's one of the goats, and I'm I'm excited to see him uh, dive into Tampa Bay. And like, God, you're going to see some beautiful passes between him and Godwin. I know it, and Evans even as well. Yep. Well, that's about it this week on uh, the walk-ons. I think we covered quite a large spectrum of of the week. Kind of been brought down a lot by the coronavirus. Luckily, NFL free agency did save us uh, from going absolutely insane. But that wraps up our episode this week. Feel free to give us a like, a share, follow, and come back next, next episode. And we'll have some more pointless trivia where Eric will lose his uh, captain seat. (laughs) Oh, that's cute. Oh, yeah. You're going and, down. And, okay. And, and no matter what, what most important. I just no cheating rim. You're coming up with the questions, so. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm doing it, man. It's gonna it's gonna be stuff that no one can answer. Nah, we're we're gonna make it an interesting one. I'm gonna come up with something good. No matter how you look at it, don't forget though that you know no matter what this coronavirus is halting, it will not stop the walk-ons and it will stop stop our uh, primitive ponderings, right? And uh, also, please remember that I am now the only undefeated Pointless Trivia host. Well, I mean, everybody's won one so far. Uh, But I haven't lost. Not yet. You just now won. CJ, don't forget, yours was a a redo, CJ. It doesn't count in the books, man. No, it does. It was like a a, a preseason game, man. I don't know. We're still going to count it. It was like an XFL hey, dude, game. Yeah, dude, where dude, I destroyed like, Rim. So <laughs> give me like five minutes, man, and um, I, I'll hook you up a certificate of um, you know, actual, you know, like for yeah, yeah give basically him a, give him a participation certificate. All right, certificate well, exactly. You know, I think that's what's needed, man. Send it with well, a frame and everything. That's messed up. <laughs> I'm gonna get my redemption though. But <laughs> until next time, I'm CJ. I'm Eric. And I'm Remington. Peace.